MRCC, welcome to Church Online today. We are happy you're here. If you are new with us, we would love it if you could connect with us. There is a prompt in the chat that says get connected and we want to get connected with you right now. Yes, that's right. Well, hey church, our building is open for our in-person gatherings on Sundays. Feel free to join us or continue joining with us online. But with that, we have some events coming up that we are excited about. First off, this Wednesday, we are having our Back to School Bash. This is for Culture Youth and for Impact, and it's happening at 6 to 8.30. We're gonna have a dunk tank. We're gonna have inflatables. There's gonna be food. I heard Chick-fil-A is gonna be provided. And also Washington's own Peabod is gonna be performing. It's gonna be a blast. Come on down. Man, that's gonna be awesome. I love so Peabod. On September 17th at 6.30 p.m. in the church building, we are gonna be starting Love and Respect. That is hosted by Ty and Diane Rogel, and it is an, an awesome course that we can go through together, you know, to, to learn more about marriages and have healthy relationships. Yes, it's so good for relationships. We've been through it. Can't recommend it enough. Also coming up, we got our women's ministry kickoff. It's happening right here at MRCC, September 18th, 6.30 p.m. Also on September 19th, the Band of Brothers Golf Tournament has been rescheduled to that date. There are only 40 spots available, so Brian will be contacting you if you guys would still like to play. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited. Um, and on our back to school night this past week, it was amazing. We just want to thank you guys. Your thank giving you made it possible to provide almost $10,000 wow. worth of desks, clothes, um, we were able to take school pictures, and then also our women's ministry partnered with us to help, and we were so grateful for that. It was amazing. Yes, thank you so much, church. You know, this time there's still blessings upon blessings that are happening, and what a blessing it is for us to gather together in worship of our amazing God. And so right now, us united as His church, let us enter into His presence with a time of worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go. Good morning, church. Welcome to MRCC Online today. It's so good to worship with you. So good to worship our amazing God. Let's thank Him for His faithfulness and His goodness. We praise you, Lord. Yeah. I was buried beneath my shame. Yes. Who could carry that kind of weight? was my dream till I met you. That's right. I was breathing but not alive. Yes, God. All my failures I tried to hide. Yeah. It was my dream. Calls our name, church. You called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Hey. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Come on. Hey. You called my name, and I ran out of that. Oh my 
Let's fear not, church. We worship you. The battle's already won. We remember and we praise. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't breathe in. That's right. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Yes, can we sing that again? My God will never fail. We believe this. Yes, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, yeah. It's already won.
Yes, you do. Oh, you take what the enemy meant for evil. You turn it for good. You turn it for good. Yeah, yes. yes, Father, it's the power of your love. This love that conquers all fear. Church, the battle is already won. And we get to experience freedom for that. Church, there is freedom when we make that choice to stand and say, yes, I will. I will praise you in the midst of uncertainty. I will praise you in the midst of chaos and the pain around us to make that choice to praise. You see, the more we trust in the world, the more we will be disappointed. So church, let's approach the throne of grace and lean on the promise of God. His faithfulness stands in every situation. In his word it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His grace is available to us, church. And we respond to his grace and his faithfulness with a life of praise. His word also says, from the rising of the sun, to the place where it sets. The name of the Lord is to be praised. So church, today, we respond with a new song. Yes. And we praise you, Lord, as you remind us of your faithfulness and your faithful promises. Yes. We worship, we worship, we worship. Just sing these words with this church. God of Abraham, the God of covenant, of faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Believe it. Your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting, same I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness. Though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same, yeah. Your history can prove there's nothing you can't do. You're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word it will
Yes, let us rest on that truth. He's always faithful. And his faithfulness will never let us down. He's calling us, church. He is with us, church. We know that there's a lot of struggle right now with our families, parents, and kids starting the school year in a whole new light. It's like our world has been rocked. It has been shaken. But church, there is freedom when we choose to rise above all of that noise and claim we will not be shaken. We will praise the one who's faithful, our God and our Savior, Jesus. And it's what we've come to do here, even online. We are all gathered, united together as his church. So Father, we offer you this praise in our hearts. You are the one most worthy. We praise you for who you are, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Thank you so much for joining us for worship today. He's good, isn't he? Yes. Hey, MRCC, uh, thanks for worshiping with us and being a part of this online service. We're glad you're here. Um, we know this is Labor Day weekend, uh, so maybe you're out camping, having a great time, and even watching service from there. So welcome. We're glad that you would join us. Uh, this also should be known as the weekend that Pastor Allison preaches, because often this is the weekend that Pastor Greg goes on his trip with all his guys and does all the fun he does with that. So uh, if you're surprised, um, well, it's on you, because... I think this is the third year in a row, maybe, that I've preached on Labor Day weekend. But anyway, we hope you have a great day off tomorrow. We're glad you're here. We celebrate with you. And uh, thanks for just being here, for making it a priority to be a part of the family of God. Uh, we appreciate that and we celebrate it. You know, something else I really want to celebrate uh, is all those people who helped out at our back to school night on Thursday. It was great. It's awesome to have so much support and so much help. And um, just thanks to you for even faithfully giving to the church because it's because of that we were able to do so much to help families uh, that have different needs but also just celebrate kids. I think this is a hard time right now and uh, so for them to have something even fun just to be able to participate in like that was super huge. So I just want to thank you uh, from me to you just how important and valuable that is. Um, all of that is just it's beautiful. I love our church. I love our family. I love this opportunity that we have and I'm just so incredibly grateful. For you. Um, but I want to show you a couple things. I have some pictures of our puppy. We got a new family member and I just figured this would be a great opportunity for to introduce him to you. This is Oliver. Um, he's a cute little guy uh, and I'll tell you um, as cute as he is he's getting more and more feisty as he gets bigger. I, I'm telling you he grows every single day. I, I know it. Um, potty training is real. If you've never had a puppy it's a <laughs> not fun. Um, but it actually leads us super well into our message today um, because I have to say something about this cute little guy. No matter how cute he is, the truth is he's going to have to change a little bit in order to be a part of the Abbey family, right? Like he's going to have to learn uh, where to take his business because I will tell you something. That boy uh, we'll go outside and I will watch him use, uh, you know, the outdoor facilities and then he'll come inside and literally two minutes later be sniffing around for another place to go. So that is going to have to change. Uh, the other thing he does is he's a chewer, right? Puppies are chewers and I think one of his favorite things is my hair, especially when it's in braids, you know, just grabs right onto my hair and, and that's his favorite toy, uh, as well as my flesh anywhere, uh, my arm, my toes, my feet, anything he can grab onto. So his little chewing habits uh, have got to change. I'll tell you, it's cute right now because he's a puppy. Um, but the truth is, if he wants to be a part of our family, things are gonna have to change, right? Like developmentally right now as a puppy, uh, it takes time for him to gain understanding. Um, but at some point, change will be essential. Um, you know, I would say this, Oliver right now, obviously is incredibly loved. Um, our kids are incredibly loved. I love our family, I love our church. Um, but I will say this with, especially with, with this puppy, right? He's gonna have to respond to that love a little bit and we'll, we'll need to see some change. Same. The same thing even with our own kids, how much we love our children, or we love friendship, or we love the body of Christ, how much we love each other. Uh, the truth is, we can be incredibly loved, but over time, there's going to need to be a response to that love, right? There needs to be a response that's evident. I need to see that from my children, just like similarly here in the body of Christ, that we would love one another more and more, that developmentally over time, we're growing and uh, our response to who God is should be evident in how we interact as a family, right? 
So I want to get us started today uh, just by asking a question. We often do that here. Um, I want to get your mind really thinking. And so I want you to just kind of think kind of hard right now about what have, has really been kind of consuming your mind, uh, consuming your thoughts the most over this, like even just in the last couple of weeks. Um, I know since March, there's been a lot of stuff going on. And so um, right now specifically, I know there's a lot of uncertainty around the start of the school year. Um, and I trust that you have been doing everything you can to prepare your kids for the start of the school year. Teachers, we are so thankful for you because we know that you are doing everything you can for the start of the school year. But I will tell you right now, I am, I'm going to admit it, I will, tell, I will be willing to take the Parent Fail Award for the start of the school year because um, I just want you to feel welcome here because I will tell you, I did not read any one of the 27, oh, more than 27 emails that came to me in preparation for the school year. I did not read them until Monday night. So I just want you to know that. Um, I also didn't set up any ground rules for our kids doing school at home until after I read all of those more than 27 emails. And um, I really didn't fully establish what the classroom setting would actually be like in our home um, until Tuesday morning. I mean, that was the first day of school, and that's when we're deciding where everybody's going to be doing their schoolwork from. I have three kids, and uh, I hadn't thought all of that stuff through. So I just want you to know there's there's more. There's actually more I, I want to share with you. My daughter was late to her first day of high school uh, because we couldn't find the Zoom link. Um, you know, we had to find another computer option for one of my sons because uh, his Chromebook it just decided it wasn't going to charge anymore, but we found that out on Tuesday morning. Um, and then my other son didn't realize that, you know, it's probably not a good idea to be eating food around a computer. It's just not good for the computer, right? Uh, so he's sitting there eating oatmeal at his first Zoom meeting on Tuesday morning. I will just take that for the team. I, I, I want to say that's at least three, maybe six fails all in the course of a day. Um, so I, I just want you to feel better. If you're struggling with this whole school starting thing uh, from home, you're not alone. That's, that's, that's how I feel about that. But um, aside from that, what else is consuming our mind right now? Um, I can also say that we're surrounded by a lot of difficult things, right? Um, there's media and news we're just surrounded by. There's a ton of information and opinion. There's politics and tragedy. There's this virus and, of course, racial tension. We're just surrounded by so much. Can I just say it's overwhelming, isn't it? And, uh, you know, with this virus, I think, too, for me anyway, the most discouraging thing is how wide the spectrum of feeling and understanding or belief really has been. Um, it just kind of brings this extra weight um, to our relationships. Truly, at this this virus has really put kind of, I would say, an incredible tension in the interactions that we have with people. Uh, I, I think that it's really caused a division, uh, maybe a lot of a greater amount of uncertainty uh, in our community, but also right here in our church. I even think it's distorting a little bit how we carry out the mission of the gospel. Recently, we read this article as a staff. It's by Alan Schliemann, and he wrote this article, and there was one quote that really resonated with me that I thought I should share. He said this, I've been hesitant to comment for fear I'll be blasted by someone who sees things differently. It's been frustrating and fatiguing. It's that word fatiguing that hits home for me. It makes me wonder if possibly all of us are a little fatigued, just plain tired. Not just, not because we have too much to do. We know that kind of tired or, or that we just haven't had enough sleep. We know that kind of tired too. But I wonder if it's because even in the body of Christ, there's division. Uh, and we're literally surrounded by a ton of conflict right now. You know, I believe in this, and I just want to share this with you from my heart, that something we need to remember in all of this is that the gospel hasn't changed. God is forever faithful. Our Father God isn't changing. He doesn't change. The Great Commission about how we share the gospel is still the same, and God is still on the throne. So consider this a boat on the water. Just think about it for a second, a boat on the water. Um, it needs a really good anchor, right? Something, uh, especially in a storm, uh, right? If you don't have a good anchor, your boat 
isn't going to survive the storm. Well, similarly, I want to say this, that only God can be an anchor for us in this storm. Nothing else is going to hold us steady, right? If we look in Psalm 118, verses 5 to 7, it says this, In my distress I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me, and he will help me. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord. Friends, we need to be in prayer. Because even here it says, and the Lord answered me and set me free. I wonder how many of us feel like we just need to be set free. And we don't even know what. It is we need to be set free from, to be honest. But amen in this verse we're hearing. We serve a God that is for us. He wants to help us. And he gave us this, this gospel right here to guide us in truth and love and good deeds and peace. That this word of God, it trumps everything else. It's greater than any news article or Facebook post or, or media blurb or, or political agenda or differing opinion. God's word trumps all of that because it is so full of truth and peace and goodness, right? Because with this, we even have the power in the mighty name of Jesus to break down any barrier to God's word. Mm, you know... In this article that we read as a staff, we really were reminded that we're not meant to carry so much weight anyway, right? That, that if we're fatigued by everything surrounding us, God is reminding us today that this world has no power over what God can do in us, through us, and for us, right? God isn't worried. God isn't afraid. God isn't even surprised. God isn't stressed out. And God isn't going to snap at the weight of all this like maybe some days we feel like ourselves. But do you know why? Because only God is omniscient, which is a word that means he's all-knowing. Only God is omnipotent, which is also a word that means all-powerful. And only God is omnipresent, which means that he is fully present all the time. And only God is completely faithful and trustworthy. So this teaches me that only God has the right path for us and that only God can give us that anchor to remain steady in the storm. It's because God is sovereign and holy, because God is absolute truth, because God is righteous and just. God is love. He's merciful and faithful. It's because God never changes that he's all-powerful, all-present, and he knows everything that we can put our trust that the path God has for us will ultimately lead to peace and blessing, and it will be captured for his glory. Do you want to be a part of that? Yes. But here's a question we need to consider. Has the world around us and the worry and the fatigue that's been weighing us down, is that in a way uh, that we have maybe even removed God from the throne and instead replaced him with something temporary? Has our fear or uncertainty compromised our trust in the omniscience of God in his knowledge? Have we even been trading the truth and the grace of God for a lie? You know, if the answer to any of that is yes, then, then we're not on the right path. And maybe we're even attached, like we were talking about, to the wrong anchor in the storm. Because any other anchor will not survive. The Old Testament is actually really full of some examples um, through the prophets. Can I share um, a prophet in the Old Testament would come to warn the Israelites not to turn away from God. But every time the Israelites would worship other gods with the nations around them and destruction would come and eventually they would listen to the prophet, turn back toward God, and then a time of peace would come. In the Bible or in, in classes that you might take about the Bible, we call this the cycle of apostasy where there was this time of peace 
when they were following God, followed by hardship during a time that they turned from him. And they just kept following in this cycle. And there's one example I want to share with you from 1 Kings chapter 18. Elisha, he was a prophet. Um, he'd been sent by God to warn the Israelites not to worship Baal, but to worship only God. And Elisha told King Ahab that God was going to stop rain from coming if they did not turn back toward God. You know, King Ahab and his queen Jezebel um, had employed over 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah. Whew. And Baal was supposed to be a god of storms and rain. But because they didn't turn back to God, there had been a drought for more than three years before Elisha finally came back and challenged Ahab to make the altars him before God and, and Ahab and his prophets before Baal and that they would see who responded to their sacrifice. Something Elisha said that really strikes me comes from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. He said this, How long will you waver between two opinions? Mm. It, was, it was a call to the people. You can't serve both God and Baal. Hmm. They each made their altars, right? Ahab and his 450 prophets of Baal made an altar. They danced around it and cried out for hours, but nothing happened. And of course, when Elijah called out to God, fire came down on his altar from God. And guess what? It was an altar that he'd actually drenched with water. So after the Israelites actually recognized the truth and turned back toward God in worship, the rain came and, and the drought was over. I just wonder, could we be in a drought right now? A drought can produce fatigue, right? Um, a desire to just give up, to become frustrated or confused or even distraught. Um, I would say that these are warning signs, a call to absorb ourselves in only the truth that will deliver us in Christ and nothing else. Think about this, Hebrews 4, 16 addresses this. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may have received mercy and find peace to help us in our time of need. Are we in a time of need? Oh, yeah. Do we need mercy and grace? Always. Do others need to see that in us? Absolutely. But do we trust God to help us? Better yet, does my life demonstrate that trust? You know, we're being told here to approach God's throne of grace with confidence. And we can't have confidence in God without trust in Him as well. And if I can be completely honest, the only way I think I would be able to approach God's throne of grace with confidence in Him is when I know that my heart, soul, mind, and strength are completely sold out for Him. That even though I know I will mess up, that my heart is for Him. Take note of what it says in Colossians 3.16. It says this, We were created by Him and for Him. That means He's my Creator God. And He made me. He made you. And He made us for a purpose. We were made for Him. That we would live for Him. Not for me. But living for Him would actually be the greatest path to peace. You know, we often talk here at MRCC about recognizing God in four really big ways. You know, that we recognize Him as our Savior because of Jesus' atoning sacrifice on the cross for our sin. But we also recognize Him as our Lord, who has authority and power, that He's the ruler of the kingdom that I belong to, that, that you belong to. That we would also know Him as our Father who takes care of us and protects us with His unconditional love over us but that we would also know him as a friend. Whew. Because the Bible actually says that God calls you his friend. So when we find ourselves exhausted by the tensions in our world, and we know that there is tension and division, even here in the family of God, maybe we have traded the truths of God for a lie. Maybe we put something else on the throne. Maybe we've begun living for created things in place of our Creator. That's what we find in Romans 1.25 where it says, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself 
who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Once we recognize Jesus as our Savior, we need to look at him as our Lord, the creator of all things, seated on the throne, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, eternal, our Lord and Savior, right? When we say that God is seated at the throne, that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that he's omniscient and omnipotent, and when we praise his name, proclaiming his power and might, do we truly believe it? In truth, if we don't fully surrender our very lives to his leadership, we end up surrendering instead to worry or doubt or frustration or fear or, or even something else that is contrary to the very name we're proclaiming in worship. You know, I have this painting in our dining room at home. It reminds me of my grandmother. I got it from her. It's just a simple painting of this older man. He's praying over a simple bowl of soup. It's a picture of gratitude and, and a humble adoration to the Lord. And when I look at it, sometimes I think that things were less complicated in her day, but I know that I'm wrong. I only think that because I wasn't alive then. I have no real frame of reference. You know, my grandmother, she lived through the Great Depression. She lived through World War II. She even made an incredible huge move from a different country to the States. They didn't have a job or a place to live. Literally, she and my grandfather had nothing, and they're just trying to do whatever they could to survive and have a hope for a better future for their family. You see, we are limited by our experiences, aren't we? And even if we study history, we have not experienced it. So our frame of reference is limited. What I need to remember is that while my knowledge base is limited, God is not. That's why he belongs on the throne, right? Not me. It's his faithfulness. And it's, it's the faithfulness generation after generation after generation that shows me that I can trust him in this generation. Like that older man in the painting, I need to respond to the Lord with gratitude and humble adoration to my king. I need to set aside my angst, my worry, my frustration or anger, even hatred at this difficult season that we're in. And I need to trust with humble adoration that our king, who is still on the throne, will help me because he is for me. He knows. He sees. We know this means that he sees the past, he sees the present, and he knows the way forward because he knows what's ahead. He's not limited by anything. In Ephesians 2, Paul actually writes about some division that was going on in the church between Jews and Gentiles. I, I want to read just a short portion of the passage. I'm starting in verse 14. It says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. So we're talking about God. He himself is our peace. He's made the two groups, Jews and Gentiles, one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. That's Jesus dying on the cross, right? By which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Oh man, this teaches us today, friends. God in Christ is our peace. It's only through him that we'll be able to break these barriers that are dividing many even in the body of Christ. Man, this passage is clear. His purpose is to make us one in him to bring peace and reconciliation. It's almost painful the number of times that this passage uses the word hostility, but that is precisely what division brings. The truth is, we find ourselves in this unprecedented time. Uh, we have to make decisions for our families. We have to decide how we're gonna respond to the culture around us. And God is reminding us that we need to weigh every one of those decisions with his purpose of peace and reconciliation, that our lives will be the very testimony of the faith that we have in him. 
if I can be completely transparent, man, I have felt this heavy weight that just rests and drains everything from me. It literally pains me to see and feel the division right here among us in the body of Christ. The truth is, I, I want to serve Jesus. I want to be faithful to him in this season. I want to represent Jesus in all that I do. I want to honor him. I want to bring glory to his name always. What I do know is it won't honor him to defy our government. It won't honor him to speak negatively against our leaders. It won't honor him to look dismissively on someone else. This season is just plain hard, and no one likes this situation that we're in, no matter how we feel about it. So, in humble adoration to my King Jesus, to our Lord Jesus, to our Savior, as a representative of Christ, we have to choose a simple response that promotes peace for the whole, which will require some sacrifice no matter how I feel. And I have to trust that our God who sees is working everything out for his good and for the glory of the kingdom of God. Man, I believe the key word here today is surrender. To surrender our limited understanding to our limitless God. As believers, we recognize that God is above all. He's in all things. He is our Lord, our King. He's a just and good ruler. And his greatest commandment for us is that we would love him with our, all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love others. Man, this requires a surrender of my will, a willingness to sacrifice anything that might hinder the love that he wants from me. It's a call to let go of my pride, let go of uncertainty, worry, anger, anything that's hindering my love for him. Actually, anything that hinders the display of my love for him and to those he calls me to love. It's so easy to become consumed by the media, isn't it, right? Um, to get worked up by the probabilities that are out there, uh, to get worked up by uncertainties or unknowns, even partial truths. But the Bible warns us about this too. It comes in Ephesians 5, 6 through 11, it says this, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Understand, in part, some of the fruitless deeds of darkness this passage is pointing to are the very things that are causing division in the church. And recognize that the things in our media that are empty words that don't have full truth behind them, they're creating conflict and disharmony. You know, we are called in this passage to turn from them. As children of the light, this passage says that the fruit of the light is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And it also says that we should seek out what pleases the Lord. You know what pleases the Lord? That we would surrender to his lordship, to our king, that everything we do would be for his glory. That in humble adoration, we would seek for the peace and harmony that only comes from him. Looking out for the interests of others, that's Philippians 2.4. Bearing each other's burdens, that's Galatians 6.2. Not neglecting to do good, that's Hebrews 13.16. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, that comes from Ephesians 5.21. You know, submitting to the will of the Lord because we know that he is limitless while we are limited. Because we know that he is all-powerful while we have weaknesses. And that he's all-knowing while we have so many unknowns. Trusting and understanding that he is greater, he is wiser, he is beyond our understanding, and that it's his faithfulness that has been proven over and over and over and over again that he can be trusted because of his unconditional, unlimited, unhindered love for us. 
It's a love that represents all truth and goodness, justice and mercy, righteousness and grace. In a response, our lives, they, they need to represent that kind of limitless, unhindered love for one another so that our very lives will shine the love and be a witness to those who don't know him yet. The question we have to keep asking ourselves again and again is whether or not we fully trust him to work in the hard stuff. And then we need to continue to seek him more fully in those areas where we struggle. That we would absorb ourselves more and more in the truths of God's word than anything else. To rest in these truths and trust in the mighty hand of God. Consider Paul and Silas really quickly. They're in prison, in chains. They never stop sharing the message of truth. They're praising God from jail. Where did their help come from? The same place we will receive help in our time of need. Consider Corey Ten Boom. It's one of my favorite books, The Hiding Place. Not just because it taught me so much about occupied France and, the, and really the horrific reality in the concentration camps in that time, um, but I love that book because of her faith. Throughout the whole story, Corey and her sister never stop reading God's word, and they, they're always continually sharing it with others and talking about it together. They praise God through the storm. Where did their help come from? A limitless God who turned her story into the one most inspiring stories that teaches so many people. Certainly she has taught me and inspired me to never give up, to be grounded in truth and worship my almighty God with faith and trust. I wanna leave you with a story. When my daughter was maybe five or six years old, She'd be out playing with her friends, and um, there was this one girl in particular that my daughter perceived as having the best lot in life, if you will. She had the best toys, the best clothes. She looked like she was treated like a princess. And my daughter would come home frustrated with her own life, believing that she didn't have enough, enough toys or enough pretty clothes or even extra privileges. And she would even say to me as a comparison with this other girl, she'd say, Mom, she has all the good toys and, and I want that too. Why can't I have everything? Her mom gets her everything she wants. Oh, the truth is, friends, my daughter had everything she needed. She even had extra blessings. She has parents that love and care for her deeply. But it didn't appear to be enough for her. She was trading the truth of all she had for a lie that it wasn't enough. And what that did was it birthed in her a discontentment and a jealousy. And what I couldn't tell my daughter was that this girl was in an extremely broken home. The mom was constantly high or drunk and, and she had a boyfriend every, every other week. And there was even another man living in that house that was bringing inappropriateness with this little girl. And that's the girl my daughter was so jealous of. So I want you to consider this. There are things that only God knows. That developmentally, maybe we are not ready to know. Like I knew the truth about this other family, but I just couldn't tell my daughter about it at the age of five or six. You know, now that she's older, I can explain this more to her and she understands. Someday we will understand too the purpose behind all of this season. And someday we'll see how God worked it out for his glory. And there will be story upon story upon story of people that were blessed and even come, came to know him during this season. And we will praise God for it. So let me close with just a couple more thoughts that I hope will encourage you today. I was watching a TV show, so totally comes from a TV show. Uh, it says this, scars remind us where we've been. They don't have to dictate where we're going. I hope you're encouraged by that. Here's another thing to remember. There can be purpose in your pain. When you surrender it to a limitless God, and that is my prayer, that we would surrender more fully every single day. And here's how. That we would set aside time every day to be alone with God, to be quiet before Him that we would absorb ourselves more fully in prayer and the study of his word, and that we would rest in the truths that we learn from him. 
and that we would teach some of that to other people. The more you teach God's word, the more you absorb it yourself. So add a layer of accountability to studying God's word with somebody else. Be a part of your church family. Be a part of the community of God so that you will find the truths written here. I'm so grateful that you've joined with us today. I am encouraged by you. Thank you for encouraging us so much and partnering with your church, especially now. We love you. We are so thankful for you. Let me pray for us. And then I have a, a benediction to close us out. Father, we are thankful for what your word teaches. God, I pray that we would lean into your truths, God, in your word. That, Lord, that that would be the anchor for how we navigate forward. God, that we wouldn't be so consumed by the world around us and, and, and the struggles that are going on, but God, we would surrender them to you as our Lord. Lord, that you are not limited by anything. So Lord, we would put everything that we know toward listening to you because we know and trust you, God. We thank you for what your word teaches us. We thank you for this family of God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So for our benediction, it comes from Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. It says this, Now may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing His will. And may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Have a great week, guys. See you soon.